Welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. You're listening to The Construction Cut with Taylor Rennick. Here, you'll get the latest news in construction in 15 minutes or less. Let's dive into the show. Welcome back to The Construction Cut. I'm your host, Taylor. This week, we have a very special episode with a very special guest that I'm sure many of you have talked to or heard of or listened to over the last 10 years, Spencer Powell, the man, the myth, the legend. Um, He's on the show today. We're going to do a little bit of a special show. We're going to talk about the 2020 State of Remodeler Marketing Report, which came out, uh, was it last week, two weeks ago? Fairly recently. And there was some fascinating information that we pulled from this. And I'm not just saying that as a plug for our our company, but there is some really interesting information uh, floating around in the report. It is a long one. So I picked and choose the juiciest things that we're going to talk about today. And Spencer and I are just going to go through and sort of jam about how we're feeling about some of these things and how we can how we can help some of you guys because it seems like some of you are in some tricky spots and and I think we could we could help you out. So welcome Spencer to the show. Thank you for uh taking any time out of your busy week to chat with me. Yeah, I'm glad to be here and man, what an intro. I feel like I we better make this a good one. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> a lot, a lot uh, of build up there, but yeah, the the report I love, you know, we started doing the report maybe three or four years ago. And uh, each year we've had more and more people fill it out. So I feel like the data is getting more and more accurate. It's really, and then like you said, it's really interesting to see what comes out of that each year and what people are really struggling with. And I feel like, you know, this kind of information is the stuff that helps make you better going into next year. Yeah. And the report, correct me if I'm wrong, but it started with home builders uh, quite a while ago. And then in the last couple of years, we were like, our modelers need some love too. They need to know what's going on. So the remodeling report is uh, certainly an interesting, interesting one. I know uh, at our company at Builder Funnel, I also moonlight as an inbound marketing strategist as well. Um, and most of my clients are design builder modelers. So this is of particular interest to me. Uh, I like to call it my day job. Um, so I'm just going to start with, uh, with one of the most interesting things that I saw, and this was that 31% of companies, 31% of remodeling companies want to be able to track their marketing ROI in 2021. That means that 30% aren't tracking their marketing ROI at all. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, this one always gets me. It's really fascinating because... I think for a lot of years, a lot of, I think the trades in general, but remodelers, you know, builders, carpenters, people that get into the trades and start businesses, they start as a one-man show and kind of go from there. And and so it, the business tends to grow very organically and based on word of mouth and referral. And then you start to hit these sizes of a million, two million, three million, and marketing becomes critical to maintain that volume because you can't just rely on word of mouth and referral to make sure you get two and a half, three million in sales every single year, year after year. And so I think marketing is generally a, a little bit foreign, but also you tend to just try things, right? Because you go to a show or a, um, you go to a, you know, hear a speaker and you're like, oh, I got to be blogging. They said I need to be blogging twice a month. And so you just start doing it, but you don't necessarily think through, how am I going to track this? How am I going to measure it? And I think that's how it happens. So, But I'm always shocked by the number 
and how high it is of people that are just going, I don't know what's working because with digital today, you can track so much. Yeah. That sort of leads me into my next thing where it says 47% of remodelers don't know if their marketing strategy is effective or not. Um, That's huge. Yeah. I know that's, I mean, 47 is practically half, right? Yeah. We could call it half. Yeah, we it's a rounding that. error. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, so we're sitting here and, and and we know that most companies shell out somewhere between like five and 25K a year on marketing, whether that's like throwing some money at Facebook or throwing some money at Google ads or whatnot, or if you do have an agency that you're that you're working with. And also friends, if you are working with an agency, you should be able to track your ROI. So I just need to throw that out there for everybody. Um, <laughs> but so half of our modelers don't know if their marketing strategy is effective. That is a huge huge, huge percentage. And that tells me that a lot of folks out there are just sinking cash into something that they they don't know if it's working or not. Um, Yeah. Which is a little bit scary, you know, because there's that old adage. I think it's with a lot of times with advertising, traditional advertising. And I think the saying is like, I know half of my marketing is working. I just don't know which half, you know, because uh, it, it wasn't necessarily trackable, but today with Um, Things like Google Analytics and HubSpot and other marketing automation software, you really can get very, very granular with your tracking ability and and what those efforts are producing. And even with just CRM technology, you know, you should be logging that data. You know, if you go to a home show, all those home show leads should be logged to that. If you have signage, you know ask people how they heard about you when you get on the phone and then and log it. And granted, some of that information is going to be wrong. People thought they saw a sign, but they really had three different things hit them and they just told you whatever they remembered. But it's still helping you because whatever they did remember, you knew that was at least attributed to generating the lead. And, and then as you get more granular with digital, you can really see, is it social? Is it organic? Is it paid? What specific channel is driving the lead? And it does take a little bit of an investment and time commitment to get those things set up, but it's pretty minimal in the grand scheme of things. If you're going to be spending, like you said, five to 25,000 or 50 to 75,000 a year, you want to make sure you're dialing that in. Oh yeah. I had a really good example of this. I think uh, early last year, uh, one of my clients was on how I'm not going to say which one was on house pro and they were shelling out a pretty penny every month to house. And they were really dutiful about tracking where their leads were coming from. And it turns out that they had, I mean, we can track the the actual traffic that comes from house, and we can track the amount of uh, folks that actually turn into a lead from house. And the ROI on their house pro spend was negligible. It was minimal. And so we went ahead and did away with with their house pro account, saved them however many thousands of dollars a year. Um, and nothing, you know reallocated that towards more organic content and their leads are up. So it's just something that, you know, it goes to show like, Hey, you got to start tracking this stuff. And if you don't know where to start, definitely head over to the builder funnel blog has tons of great information. We run through Google, my business, we run through Google analytics. I mean, everything you want to know is on there. Um, But switching gears here too. speaking of inbound versus outbound marketing, we saw in the report that, only 40% of remodeling companies blog, which is really interesting, um, especially because remodeling in the design build industry is so rife 
for information that, that can be passed along to your potential audience. Um, but what's really interesting as well is that there's a direct correlation between companies that receive zero leads per month and even like one to 10 leads per month and companies that don't blog. So what do you think about that? Yeah, it's so it's really interesting. I'm glad you asked the question because we've been um, partners with HubSpot for about a decade now. And so we're, we've kind of been in this digital marketing space for a long time. And so there were some early data points that they put out in probably 2010, 11, 12, that sort of time frame where there was that exact correlation you just pointed to. It was like the more you blogged, the more traffic and leads you got from your website. So we started ramping up blogging. And now it's it's not necessarily a direct like correlation like it used to be, where it was like, oh, do 16 blogs a month or a blog a day. And it would just like your traffic would skyrocket it's now more strategic. You can do more with less in terms of content, but it it still applies directly today, which is if you're not blogging, that that has shown to be one of the best ways to move your traffic and leads forward online is to actually have a regular cadence of blog content that you're producing. And obviously there's some more nuts and bolts details behind what goes into a blog and keyword strategy and all that. But to your point, the, the customers, your customers are looking for information. And if you're providing that through a blog post, they're going to do their Google searches, end up on your website. And that's kind of where that whole process initiates from is they're going to Google with questions and you can be the, the trusted advisor and the source for those questions and answers. Absolutely. And that's what I love about, and I joke about this all the time, but that's what I love about inbound marketing as opposed to more of the outbound tactics that can get a little pernicious, especially in 2020. But inbound marketing and specifically blogs, like you said, answers a question that real people have. And even if you're not ultimately the person that ends up remodeling their house or taking on that giant project that they have, they're they're still stopping by, they're still gathering knowledge that you're providing them and making an informed decision. And you never know how, who that person knows and whether or not their brother or their sister or their coworker needs something similar. And they're like, like hey, check out this website. This was really helpful. Um, so, I got some ton of great information, got to download this thing. And you, you never know. You never know. So I, I'm glad you mentioned that. It made me think of a personal example of how that's happened. And, and I think about just to add the context that you were kind of talking about inbound versus outbound inbound is like, you're adding value out into the world, right? Like you're answering a question, you're, you're helping versus outbound. You're maybe just like jamming a message down, you know, at somebody. And, uh, I think it was earlier this year, it might've been late last year, but I had somebody, he literally referred us business and he's never worked with us, but he's been following our content for so long. He's like, I've been listening to the podcast. I've been reading your blogs. I've been like, it's been so helpful. And so when the opportunity came up for him to say, oh, you're looking for a marketing agency that helps, you know, the construction space, he like passed them right our way. And is like, these guys are the best. And, and it's a, I only shared the example because I, one, I was like, well, that's weird. He's never worked with us. You know, why would he recommend that? But I think to your point, like you never know how that I'm adding value into the world, value is going to come back to you. And it's going to come back to you in some way, shape, or form. And you don't always know why or when or where, but it, it tends to, to happen. Oh, I agree. Also, we should send that guy some socks or something. 
Yeah, we should. That's, yeah, that's I need nice. to find him. So that was <laughs> you. you. Yeah, <laughs> hit us up with your address. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're listening right now, uh, unidentified, <laughs> great person. You let us know. Shoot yeah. us an email. Find us on the on the LinkedIn's. Yeah, um, radio at builderfunnel.com. <laughs> a quick ah, there you go. Radio <laughs> at builderfunnel.com. Um, that's a really good point about blogging. And also the cool thing about blogging is that you can get folks to your, I mean, if you're, if you're creating a premium content offer, which is something that we also do, um, as an agency, but that's also part of the inbound marketing methodology, my personal goal with, with eBooks and downloadable things is that you need to be able to prove that your content is worth exchanging information for. And that's something too, if you really want to take it a step further, blogging is super helpful for, for folks, especially in a process as complicated as remodeling or renovating your house. There's a lot of bad actors out there. There's a lot of a chuck in the trucks. There's a lot of, you know, below board type of things happening in this industry, unfortunately. Um, and so what we try and do is get our premium content offers to take it one step further and, um, and that's also something that not really touched. We don't really touch on that in the report. It's something that maybe is is more reserved for an agency kind of a thing. But you know, the thing that people can do if they don't have an agency on board is also emailing. And another statistic that we saw was that only fifty two percent of remodeling companies are emailing their database on a regular basis. Oh, you know. Man, I know, I know. Um, and we're not even saying like, you need to send out an email a day. That's not what we're saying. But if you've got the tools and there are free tools out there, I know we've talked about this plenty of times. If you're not using a, a free email tool already, go start one, go get like a MailChimp or a constant contact or something and get in touch with these people. If you've followed Builder Funnel for even a little bit, you know, we're huge believers in the inbound marketing methodology. One of the most important phases is the client delight phase. By delighting customers, you turn them into promoters of your business and your brand. The only way to get people to go out of their way to sing your praises is to wow them throughout the process. This is something the guys over at BuildBook are helping you do. Better communication leads to better outcomes. And that means communication at every level. Daily logs, client selections, punch lists, and change orders. Today, that communication gets super fragmented between email, text, and phone calls, and inevitably, things fall through the cracks. With BuildBook, everything funnels through one simple app, keeping everyone on the same page and your clients filled with delight. No more digging through texts or random emails looking for client approvals. Just one place to see everything going on with a project. And as a reminder, they're offering a special deal to all Builder Funnel Radio listeners. Hit pause right now and text BUILDBOOK to 33777 for a free trial of the software plus 45% off the first year. All right, let's get back to the show. Emailing is also a great way to add value to your audience and keep them, you know, keep yourself top of mind. What do you think about people not emailing their their database? Missed opportunity is the first yeah. thing that comes to mind. Yeah, and and I know for a lot of people it's a little bit scary at first. You're like, I don't want to bug people. Like I get a bunch of email and I think a lot of it's annoying. And so you have a lot of, you know, head trash going on when you start up a regular email program. And we have some 
clients where they've never emailed their database in years and years and years, but they have a big customer list, you know, past prospect list. And then you just start emailing them on a regular basis. And suddenly opportunities just start popping up. Cause someone's like, Oh, I'm so glad you emailed. I was just thinking about this project and you're going, well, would they have really looked me up? You know, it's been three yeah. years. It's been four years. You can't always just bank on somebody remembering that. And, and it often happens where somebody four years later, like, who is that company? Work? Uh, we'll just go to Google again. And then it's like, well, hopefully they find you. And email is, I think, a very still underrated tool today. And I would say, if you can do twice a month, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe start with once a month if you haven't done anything for, for a few years. But then build to twice a month. And, and to your point, you know, if we're always thinking about adding value, people want to get that email because it has helpful content. You're answering questions, you know, you're educating them. And that's what people are looking for. And so you don't have to make every email a hard sell, which no. I think is what people really are kind of worried about is pitching via email. And, and you don't have to. You can just add value and, and people will come to you because they're like, well, this is great stuff. And these guys really know what they're talking about. I'm going to reach out to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's something too. I I want to just punctuate is like, don't email just for the sake of emailing, but make sure that you're, you're either explaining something or you're sharing something. It doesn't even have to be like a straight promotional email, but Hey, we wrote a new blog. It's about, you know, whether a, a second story might be a good choice for you or, you know, should you build up or build out? And, you know, bonus points, if you can send the, that email or, you know, specific emails to specific lists of people that you've segmented, but that's, you know, maybe more of like a graduate level marketing, you know, email cost. Yeah, you can chat probably about that 202 later. or 302. 202 maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, only half of our, half of the folks that responded to uh, the survey, which makes up the state of remodel or marketing report said that they email on a, on a semi-regular basis. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, if you're out there and and it's just kind of been one of those like, oh, we try to get to the newsletter, but it doesn't always happen. Making that regular commitment, you know, it's that's a worthwhile investment. It usually doesn't take that long to pull together a newsletter and it's so cheap. You know, email tools are so inexpensive today that it, it's, in my mind, it's a no brainer for sure. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. 100%. 100 emoji. Yeah. 100 emoji. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's your emoji too. That's that's my emoji. one. That's kind of my go-to. I don't know why. It's probably like a, you know, I'm at the like older end of the millennial generation. So it's probably not a very <laughs> hip one, but it's, it's my I go-to. I think it is. <laughs> I think it is. And my go-to emoji is like the octopus. I don't that's know why. It's just sort of like, I uh. <laughs> couldn't tell you why. <laughs> um, cool. All right. Well, one other thing I wanted to touch on here is sort of future marketing efforts. The things that some of our guys are, and ladies are thinking about implementing in 2021, which is coming up faster than, than I think any of us are realizing. Um, so the question posed to the to the group was, what content distribution channels do you plan to add to your marketing efforts in the next 12 months? Now, what's really interesting here is that 51% of those who responded said Instagram. Hmm. And yeah, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on Instagram and maybe if you want to speak to why half of all these guys are thinking about putting Insta on their, yeah. on their marketing. Well, what, what that as a like subtext tells me is that 51% are 
at least are not doing Instagram. Are not doing Instagram. You know, because they're thinking about adding it. Um, So that's kind of an interesting subnote there. But anytime social media comes up, we kind of have an internal battle, I feel like, here at Builder Funnel on like how much we all value it as from a marketing perspective. And I think we have some some varying opinions um, on like how much of a role it plays and what kind of a role. Um, I guess the way I see it is it is a valuable tool. Mm-hmm. It's good for branding and some awareness. It's not a strong lead gen channel, at least from what I've seen, just looking at the data. You know, I think a lot of people will find you via Google organic search they might already know about you or whatever. They end up on your website and then they kind of go to social media to check you out. So I think it can be a very powerful part of the sales process and the trust building process. I think if you're very, very aggressive and active with social media and you spend a lot of time and effort, I think then it can actually be a powerful lead gen tool. But I think it takes a very high minimum level of effort to hit that point. And if you're not at that point, then I think it just plays that other role of kind of brand and awareness and engaging people that are maybe on the fence and they're just trying to learn more about you. Um, but I don't know, where, where do you think you sit in the, the social realm or, or at least with Instagram? Yeah. Um, as our team knows, I'm a bit of a negative Nelly when it comes to social media, but I do have a good use case for Instagram. If you have like an in-house design staff. I think that's where you can really shine on a platform like Instagram. Um, I don't know how valuable it is to see like patches of dirt on Instagram, but if you have and no shots to the people who, you know, who are posting those, love that, love that. But if you've got an in-house design team, can you put those really nice professional photos on Instagram? Can you write up Hey, what, what countertops are those? What fixtures are those? What type of style is this kitchen? Like, can you use all those hashtags that get, you know, get shoved into the algorithms and and you can start to get seen. Um, I do recommend that if you have an in-house design team or or someone on your your team who understands the platform and can utilize it really well, then, then go for it. Again, it's another free tool that you can utilize at your, at your disposal. Yeah, um, I think that's a good point because that helps as a differentiator. You know, design can really be a differentiator for you. And so if people can get a feel for what kind of product you produce, it's a great yeah. channel for that. Yeah, especially too, if you can link it back to, you know, if you can link it back to your website and get those folks to get off of that social network and onto your website where they can spend time with you and your team and not be tempted to jump to a new page or to a new, you should keep scrolling. Basically, we want to get them off of that social network and onto your website. Get them on that email list. Exactly. (laughs) Or get them to sign up for your email. Um, So I'm going to read the rest of these distribution channels to you and then I'm gonna have you guess and see like which one's the most popular. Oh man. So, All right. I know. So aside from Instagram, we've got uh messaging apps like WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger. We've got Snapchat, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook videos, and podcasts. Which one do you think people want to add more of in the next year? Mm, I'm torn between YouTube and Facebook video, and I will, I'll go with YouTube. Okay. 
You were close. It was Facebook video. Was and then it? Oh. I know. I know. So 37% of the folks said, I want to add more Facebook video to That's my marketing crazy. efforts, which is good. We know that Facebook loves video. We know, um, we know that people spend longer on videos. People engage more with videos. Um, the other interesting thing in the coming up in third place, taking the bronze was YouTube. 31% of folks who responded, um, want to add YouTube, which I think is great because you are giving Google what it wants, which is more content, more content and more video. And you can do some SEO on YouTube, which really kind of combines the power of video with that search component, which I really like. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do want to talk to the people who want to add TikTok. I just, I just want to know like what the, what their plan is and if they can send them to us. Cause I, I think that's great. <laughs> we should get them on the show. Cause I'm curious too. You know, I, we've been following that channel for a little bit and I just keep looking at it going, mm, I don't know if the application is there. If, you know, um, if it's there yet, not saying it couldn't get there, but I feel like there's there's other places to invest your time and money right now in the construction right now. space. <laughs> yes, yeah. in the construction space. I agree. <laughs> Unless they're like an 18-year-old construction industry like Maverick that none of us know about yet, in which case maybe you are on TikTok and we don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe there's people killing it in, in uh, construction on TikTok and we're I know, not we gotta go. We got to find those people. <laughs> Um, <laughs> 20% too said none of the above. So 20% either just aren't messing with any of these or they're just squared away and they're, they're ready to go. So, yeah. um, that's an interesting thing too, is, is, uh, 20%. No, I'm not doing Instagram. I'm not going to do Facebook video either. Maybe they already have all these rocking and rolling or they're, they're fine with things the way that way that it is. So that's an, another, another interesting little wrinkle. Yeah, add, you would think out of all those, people would be looking to add at least one of them. But uh, you're right. Maybe they're part of the 20% that are tracking their marketing ROI and they're super happy with it. You know, that could, be, that could be the case. I also, this little, this other little interesting bit here, push notifications, about 4%. So they're thinking about adding push notifications. Now, I assume that means text messages, like SMS marketing. Am I correct in that assumption? I could see that being uh, the case. And then uh, there's also, if you've ever been to a site where you can like accept to get notifications and you like get pushed notifications through your browser, like through Chrome, mm-hmm. it, c- it could be that. Oh. It, it might very well be text, like push notifications that way. Um, I think those 4% of people that respond, like the, they're probably on the the early adopters of, you know, when when you look at any trend, technology or strategy or tactics you know you always have those people that are like yeah i'm going to test this i'm at the forefront of this and so um Mm. maybe that number will rise over the next couple of years or maybe it will fizzle but that's one of the interesting things too that we've been able to see year over year is like what do these numbers look like two years ago and what do they look like today and and video has been on the rise which so these numbers from that stat you just pulled about wanting to add even just Instagram, but also Facebook video and YouTube makes sense. You know, we've been seeing those rise year over year. Um, so if you're, if you're seeing that push notifications, you're like, I don't know, that's way out there. Wait a year and see if it jumps to 15 or 20%. And then you might still be on the early end of that trend. <laughs> Absolutely. That's really interesting. Um, very cool. Well, I want to wrap the show up with one more 
little stat. And that is 20% of remodeling companies feel like they don't have a good handle on their website and need help to manage their website. That's one of their biggest challenges in the marketing space. What do you have to say to those people who don't quite know how to handle their website? Yeah, man, that's a, that's a, a tough one without specifics because the website, <laughs> it can't like it, it's just embedded in so much today and there's a lot of moving parts uh, to it. But I would say um, the biggest piece is figuring out your platform, you know, and, and are you on a good platform that allows you to make the changes that you need to make? And so that would be like, it has a blog component and you can change SEO technical pieces with it. So you can do page titles, URLs, heading structure, like you can optimize your images, you have control. And I think that's the biggest thing that I still bump into, you know, when I'm talking to people is that their platform just is not set up for them to have control. Even if you're going to hire somebody else, like an agency or a freelancer or whoever to work on it, you still should have the control if you were to ever part ways with whoever that is or, you know, and so I think that's the first thing I would say is make sure you have a great platform. Um, we're advocates of, of HubSpot, um, but we've also, um, when WordPress is set up correctly, that can be a fantastic platform too. Uh, we've seen yeah. a lot of messy backends, but you can definitely set it up <laughs> in a positive way. I think beginner sites like GoDaddy sites <laughs> or Weebly or Squarespace, <laughs> like they'll get you to a certain spot and then you kind of tap out. So um, generally, you know, I think those couple of platforms, when you set them up, can serve you well. And then it's a consistency game, you know, creating that content. Like you can't just do stuff for a month and then pause. You got to just keep at it every single month. It. So I, those are maybe a little bit vague answers, but I think they're still applicable to everybody uh, without knowing. Oh, yeah. And if, if you need help managing your, your website, or if you don't know what any of those words mean that we just said, then you know where to find us and we'll, we'll help you out with that. Um, <laughs> also, if I could leave on one note, it would be to know where your domain is located. Like the, for those 20% who need help with their website, like go find out where your domain is. Make sure you have that password written down somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And 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 Taylor is saying that jokingly, but very very seriously because we've we've run into oh, some yeah. interesting scenarios. You want to make sure you have the keys to the you send us like a picture of the post-it note. I just, or even just for your own self, just make sure you know where it is, like or know who has it, and that you can get to that person easily. <laughs> That's your website. No, yeah, know yeah. where the keys to the castle are. That's a really good, really That's good point. Step. Um, well, I'm sure we could chat about this for, for hours, if not days. Um, but we're going to wrap that up there. Thank you, Spencer, for joining me and for giving us, oh, of course, anytime. Um, you know, we're taking a break from the news this week, but we'll be back next week with, uh, all the good things that you can typically find on the construction cut. So Spencer, thank you again for joining me on this very special episode of the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, make sure you rate, review, subscribe. If you're enjoying Builder Funnel Radio, go ahead and subscribe on Apple iTunes. If you're on an Android, go subscribe on Spotify. We're pretty much wherever you're listening right now. So thank you guys. We'll see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening to The Construction Cut on Builder Funnel Radio. If you got value out of today's episode, please do one of two things for me. 
share it with a friend by clicking the share button in your podcast player and then texting it or emailing it to them. Or leave us a review. This is a free podcast, so spreading the word really helps us keep Builder Funnel Radio going. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time.